Hello and welcome to Legacy Television. I'm Jeremy Pearsons. We're so glad to have you with us on this broadcast today. We've got another special broadcast for you. Uh, my wife, Sarah, ministered to our church family here at Legacy Church in Green Mountain Falls, Colorado, several weeks ago. And we had such a powerful time together in the Word of God that we want to continue sharing that with you today. So today's message is part two of Set Up for Success. Now, if you missed part one, you need to go back and watch it. Well, that aired last week, but it's it's available to you at the PearsonsMinistries.com website. It's available on our YouTube channel. We make these things available to you for free because we believe that the most important thing in your life is your steady diet on the Word of God. Because when you hear His Word and you become a doer of the Word that you've heard, it's like building a firm foundation underneath your feet. And this message that Sarah preached to this congregation and is now preaching to you is so key. It's so crucial. It's so important that you get a hold of it because it's all about being set up for success. And it, there was so much simplicity in it, but the depth of revelation was so good. Like I said, you've got to get a hold of this and you need to hear it and hear it and hear it. Today in this part of the message, she's going to get into some things that prevent success, some things that stop the word from working in your life. And this is such important information. You don't want to miss it today. So get ready for that. I also want to make this available to you as well. If you will visit us online at pearsonsministries.com slash glory story. There you can share with us the good reports of the good things our good God is doing in your life. And we want to hear about it. Uh, we share those with our church con congregation. Many times we share them here on this broadcast. And number one, we just want to give God glory. This church is built upon Ephesians 3.21 that says to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. What's that mean? So be it. That's what's going to happen. And that's what we want happening in this church. We want everything that takes place in this church and through this church, through this ministry, on this broadcast, all of it needs to give God all the glory. To Him be the glory. And that's what we want happening in, in this church. Anything that gives Him glory, we want it going on. So let me ask you, does people being born again give God glory? Yeah, and that's what we want happening. What about people being healed and set free and prospered and marriages being restored? Yes, 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 yes. All of these things give God glory and that's what we want going on. To Him be glory in this church by Christ Jesus to every generation. So that's why uh, we make this available to you, It'd give you the opportunity to share your glory story with us because we want to be quick to give Him all the glory for it in Jesus' name. Now, before we get into the word today, before Sarah brings this part of the message to you, I want to give you another opportunity to go before the Lord and find out if you've got an assignment with us in this ministry uh, to, to sow into it financially so that the ongoing outreaches of this ministry prosper and succeed so that uh, people all over the world continue to hear this word and so that we are able to serve this generation with the word of God, teaching them how to live by faith in the day of grace, teaching them how to experience a whole life prosperity. Well, what is that? That's prospering spirit, soul, and body. 
and materially and financially. And we want to teach people from the Word of God how to do that and how to experience it. And we also want to teach people how to raise their families in the household of faith. It's different in this house. And those of you who know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. It's different in the house of faith. And that's the kind of houses you and I are called to lead and to raise our children in. All right, let's get into the Word of God. This is part two of Set Up for success. Enjoy this and I'll be back at the end of this broadcast. You know, just as important as it is that your seed will set you up for success, it's also just as important that you're the kind of person that can be good ground and that the seed can be a success in your heart. And as I was praying about this, I kept thinking about um, I kept thinking about Mark chapter four, and we're not gonna read all of it, but if you would turn to it, I just wanna tell you a few passages that really stand out to me. If you haven't heard Jeremy's teaching on Mark chapter four, it's called the good ground, go get it. We will give it to you, okay? You can get it online easily, but we can also get you some and, and you know tell them at the back, counter back there when you leave the room and we will get you one. We want to be a blessing to you. But this is such a powerful teaching on the sower sows the word. But I just want to tell you a few things that really stand out to me about back Mark chapter four. You know, um, Jesus is telling this parable. The sower is probably one of our favorites, but it all, it's all about the kind of seed that has the ability to take root and to produce in our lives. It talks about four different situations, three of which had, didn't, that seed did not have any success, but there was only one that had success. And if you look at it, it's the exact picture of things that go on in our lives today with the word, the word being able to be sown into our life and cause us to be a good success. And there were four things here, um, four different situations. And if you look in verse 13, Mark four thirteen. Actually, verse 14, it says, the sower sows the word. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word was sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground, who when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. They have no root in themselves, and so they only endure for a little time. Afterward, when the tribulation of persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word. The cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things entering choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Here's the one that worked. Those who hear the word, accept and receive the word, they bear fruit. Some 30 fold, some 60 and some 100. Now understanding that the word of God has this much power in our life that we can hear the word and it can produce something takes faith, okay? It's a spiritual concept. It's not natural. It's not something we can figure out out here with our head and the reasoning. No, it's something that's deeper on the inside. But I think it's interesting that these first three situations, the reasons why the seed could not be a success, the number one reason was bad reception, okay? They, would, they just wouldn't receive it. Now, you don't know all the reasons for this, but I, I often think that people just simply refuse to receive because they um, refuse to humble themselves and hear it a different way. There may be too much pride involved, maybe an unwillingness to see it another way or just to hear it and receive it and take it or believe it. 
Maybe they've thought and believed a certain way their whole life and this just seems too good or this just seems like just, I can't even fathom it with my natural mind. Well, it takes, a, it, takes just, it takes a willingness to say, Lord, I may not get it with my head, but I wanna get it with my heart. Number two reason it didn't work was bad soil. They received it, but then they became hard and offended. And that offense it will keep any seed from becoming a harvest. That's the dangerous thing about offense. It's not just that it steals and it um, does all these negative things to your life. It also keeps you from bearing good fruit. That's the problem with offense. And so it was bad soil. They received it, but they came, became hard and offended. Now, what is, what is soil when you're talking about seed and harvest and all these things? What is the soil? The soil, let me tell you what soil is. It's a mixture of materials that work together to support life. And you had to think about the soil of your heart. There's always a mixture of things going on in your heart. That's why the Bible tells us to above all else, guard our hearts for out of it flow the issues of life. So you can say this with me. You can say, say this with me. I'm, I'm good ground. My heart has pure soil. And that's in that soil, God's good things, God's seed is able to grow. We have to think about this like, man, oh, okay, so you've got, you know, the love of God that's been shed abroad in your heart. You've got the joy of the Lord that God's given you as your strength. You've got the peace of God that passes understanding. All in the soil of your heart is down deep. It's just, you know, it's a mixture of things. It's a mixture of items in that heart that is designed to produce life. And it's supposed to help support the life, support the, the growth of that seed so that it comes out in a big harvest. But here's the deal. I want to be a person that I've only got love and faith and peace and joy mixing together to produce in my heart. Um, I'm going to say this over myself, and if you want to take it and say it, you can say it too. But I've only got love working in my heart. God's love for me and my love for God. My roots go down deep in the love of God. And I'm mixing that love with peace and joy and hope. I have great expectation for what God's gonna do in my life. I refuse to take on the cares of this world. Okay, let me tell you this. The third thing that kept that seed from producing was the cares of the world here, it says, and the deceitfulness of riches, the desires for other things. And what did it do? It choked the word. What is that? That is bad influence, bad influences. So we've got bad reception, bad soil, and bad influences all cause this seed not to be a success. Too much influence from the world, too many cares of the world coming in, choking the word. But this is what I'm gonna say about my life. I refuse to take the cares of the world. I won't let worry and unbelief, fear or strife or offense mix in the soil of my heart. I'm not gonna let it because I trust my God. Instead, I'm gonna mix all the good things with faith and see everything going on in my heart is good and it will produce good fruit. Amen. So everybody say this with me. I am good ground. I have a tender heart full of good soil 
Therefore, the word is working in me. Amen. Amen. Your, your seed will set you up for success. The seed that you are sowing and the seed that you allow to be sown in your heart. Amen. Okay. The second one that uh, will set you up for success is your submission. Ooh, it's going to get real quiet in here. Everybody's going to be a little nervous on the edge of their seats. Don't worry. It's going to be fine. You know, the reason I think I can talk to you, all you guys about this is because you're very spiritual people. Okay. And the truth is that, um, you know, it's pretty cool. When Jeremy and I, when we first started the church, and some of you were here the very first week, we came in here, and the presence of God was so thick. And it was just like the glory of the Lord had already filled the house of God. And what an awesome thing. Sometimes it takes a lot of time to get a group of people on the same page. But you people are all super spiritual. And you, and you all love God. And you have a tender heart toward God. I have noticed through the testimonies and all the people I've gotten to meet so far, how we have a church full of tender-hearted people. People who really love God and people who love each other. So to hear the meat of the word is not a hard task for us. Amen. <laughs> so your submission will set you up for success. As I studied this, I looked at James chapter four. And if you want to look at it, you can. Verse six, it says, but he gives more grace. You know what? I'm just going to read it to you a little earlier. Let's go and read just a few verses before this. Um, this is James chapter four, verse Six. Oh, that's where I started a while ago. Okay, there we go. Um, verse six, he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, but God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God. Now this is, everybody say this with me. Submit is a Bible word. Okay. Okay, we're all good. Man, why do I have to talk about all the hard stuff? Huh? He's like up here talking about everything y'all want to hear. And I'm going to tell you all the, you know, the stuff that the mama has to say. Okay, so submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Isn't it interesting that there's an order to things? Submit to God first, then you're able to resist the devil, and he will flee from you. It says this, draw near to God, and he'll draw near to you. Um, I think that the, the thing that stands out to me so much is how submission is not a bad word. It's not a scary word. It's a Bible word. And it's God's, part of God's way to, into success. And I've seen this over my life. I've seen how my submission to the people God has put over me and my submission to God's plan for my life has opened up a world of possibilities. Okay, um, you know, I was little, I'm not little, I'm a teenager, and I used to go to my grandma's house and I would tell her, Mimi, she tells me this still, she always tells me the story, Mimi, I, someday I'm gonna travel the world and I'm gonna preach Jesus and I'm gonna sing, I'm gonna minister in song, I'm gonna write songs, I'm gonna record albums, I'm gonna go all the way in the world blessing people and ministering to everyone I can. I was probably in junior high or high school. And she told me the other day, too, when she tells me about this story, she said, Sarah, I thought you were shooting for the stars. <laughs> well, that was my vision, and I saw it. This is kind of like that muse 
and that, you know, I'm imagining, I'm dreaming with God, I'm spending time in his word, I'm getting to know God, I'm just like having these desires for the future. But there was some things that needed to go on to build my character in the space between where I was then and where I am today. And a lot of these items that I'm talking to you about today are the things that I found contributed the most to my success. There's many more in the Bible that you can look at, but this one specifically, submission will give you good success. And so I begin to find out that, you know, I might have a plan. I want to go, when I graduate high school, I want to go, you know, lead worship at a church somewhere, move to some cool church and lead worship and, and do all, you know, all these things that are in my heart. But finally, there had to come a point where I'm like, Father, I'm going to submit to your plan for my life. I'm going to submit and go your way. And when I did that, I saw more success. When I tried to, when I was stubborn and tried to hold on to my own way, I didn't see him work as much in my life because this is the first part in having good success, just yielding over to his plan, humbling yourself in the sight of the Lord and he'll lift you up. And so as time went on, I realized that my submission would set me up for success. You know, submit is just to, it's a military term. Okay, and it's about rank and it's about file, uh, being in, in line with the way God tells you to do things. And in the Bible, there's really clear, even in the New Testament, clear instructions on how we are to submit to God and submit to those that he's put over us. Um, it's submit, submission is to arrange under, to sub, subject yourself and to yield to another person's advice or um, it's also to obey. You know, pride is often stubborn. It demands its own way. It refuses to see another way, a higher way. But humility is honest and humility is tender and humility is willing to yield. It's peaceful. Pride is just self-seeking. I want it my way and if I don't get it my way, I'm not gonna do it your way. But humility says, you know what? I'm open to a better way. I'm open to seeing it your way. Um, and humility is totally a hard issue. Submission is totally a hard issue. And of course, when I got married and I became a wife to an amazing husband, I had to learn what the Bible taught about submitting to your husband. And that was exciting. No. <laughs> but I will read you that now too. Ephesians chapter, every, every woman in here was hoping that I wouldn't go to this scripture. Um, not really. You're all very submissive and loving. But I had to learn what this was. Now, I'm going to tell you something really interesting. Well, first, I'll just read this to you. It says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as also Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, see this is order, isn't it? Jesus is our head. Just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Um, if you skip down to verse 33, it says, Nevertheless, let each one of you particular so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects and reverences her husband. <laughs> this is always a tricky one. <laughs> um, but 
when, when I began to believe God for a house, I asked the Lord, I went before the Lord, and I said, Lord, give me my house scriptures, you know. So I'm expecting him to tell me all the great ones about a wise woman builds her house, and um, she needs knowledge to fill it up with treasures. And I'm, like, ready for all those. And I'm listening, and I'm, and I'm seeking God, and I'm ready to hear what's my house scripture. And the Lord spoke to me. It's Ephesians chapter 5, verse 33. And let the wife see that she respects her husband. Wow, that's my house scripture? Well, what is that? It's because (laughs) a wise woman builds her house, not just her physical house. She builds her house at home. She builds up her household. She builds up her husband. She builds up her children. Before she ever needs a natural house, she needs to learn how to bless her household. She needs to learn how to bless her family. She needs to learn how to submit to her husband. What does that word submit? It just means to defer to, to yield to, to say, you know what? I don't have to be in charge. I can trust God that he can deal with my husband on anything that he needs. I don't have to do it all. Glory to God. It's awesome. And so as I begin to, you know, get into this, I realized, wow, this is my house scripture to reverence, to love, to respect, to venerate, to defer to my husband, to adore him. And all these things that I think I desire and I need and I want, they don't come first. What comes first is me having the right heart and obeying God in submitting to my husband. Getting my heart right. Now, you know what this takes? It takes faith. Because wives, as you know it, women, your husband will not do everything right. Am I right? Everybody said amen. Yes, it's true. Not so be it, but you know what I mean. Um, your, your husbands will not do everything right, and that's okay. You know what? If you want grace and mercy in your life, why don't you sow a little grace and mercy? Why don't you sow a little faith in them? If they miss it, If they don't do something wrong, chill. Let's be chill. Let's sow a little love, sow a little kindness, sow a little grace. That's God's way. We we need to be meek and calm and chill. And we will win them to ourselves. So, okay, I just want to read you another scripture in line with this. We're we're moving right along. Everybody doing good? Okay. Um, I want to read it to you out of 1 Peter chapter 3. Um, This is verse one, and if you, I'm telling you this is gonna be so good, just give me a second. I promise you we're gonna get there and it's gonna be so, so good. You're gonna be like, yes, I get it, I get it. I get where you're going with all this stuff. Okay, first Peter, and this is um, chapter three. It says, wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, they will without a word be won over by the, your conduct. You can win them with the way you love them. You can win them with your submission and your kindness and your meekness. I want to tell you what that word meekness is. It's humility, but it's gentleness. It's not showy and it's not intrusive. It's not show and tell. I'm going to show you what I think, what I got to tell you everything that I think. You know what it is? If you keep reading down, it it says this. 
Do not let your adornment merely be outward, arranging your hair, wearing of gold, or putting on a fine apparel, but rather let it be the hidden person of the heart. What's going on on the inside? The incorruptible beauty of a gentle and a quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. What is that gentleness and quietness? It's being unmoved, free from turmoil or agitation, and untroubled. You are chill. Everybody say, every woman in here say this with me, I am chill. And all your husbands said, amen, amen, amen. Oh, they're singing. See, they're singing. They believe. I'm going to read it to you out of the New New Living Translation. It says, don't be concerned about the outward beauty, all these things. These are not the most important things. The heart is what he's talking about. You should clothe yourselves instead with the beauty that comes from within. The unfading beauty of a gentle and a quiet spirit, which is so precious to God. This is how the holy women of old made themselves beautiful. They put their trust in God and they accepted the authority of their husbands. For instance, Sarah obeyed their, her husband, Abraham, called him her master. You are his daughters if you do what's right without fear of, of what your husbands may do. What is that saying? It's saying that submission is beautiful to God. It's a beautiful thing. Submission, that kind of heart, that kind of attitude, that kind of tenderness, that kind of calmness, that kind of chillness, that kind of unmoved, unwavering um, part of who you are, that is pleasing to God. It blesses God. And God finds it very beautiful. If you want to add, you know, people, we're always looking for the latest, greatest beauty fad, the anti-aging secret. Isn't that a funny term? Anti-aging. I mean, we're all, uh, anyway, um, we're all looking for that, right? Well, this right here, submission and that tenderness and that yielding, that will make you the most beautiful. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.